Lansing, Michigan. I'm your host, Fino. Welcome back to the Pact. We're talking a lot of stuff today. MSU Field Hockey wins the Big Ten Championship. What an accomplishment. Guest Ali Ahern welcomes to the show. Of course, we're talking the Lions. Big NFC North division leaders. And of course, we have Mrs. Izzo, wife of Tom Izzo. MSU Basketball will talk only here on The Pact. Live from Impact Studios, the only sports show from MSU campus. This is The Pact. And your host, Fino. That is right. Fino is backed on the pack, and I'm with the panel, guys. It's good to be back, and it's a great sports weekend for Michigan State, and an even better weekend for the Lions. Of course, we're along back with my panelists, Harry Jaden, Austin Goodman, Faye, and of course, our producer slash panelist, Lou DeVizio. How's it going? It's doing great, guys, and welcome back to the show. It's another Monday here on the pack, and... I swear, what is it, our fifth show now? Yeah. Wow, unbelievable. I remember when we just started. It's like I say that every show, though. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, we're going to start the show. We start a little late, 7.03 Eastern Time. Number to call in of always is 517-432-3893. Feel free to call in if you have any, you know, you want to disagree with us. You want to embrace a little Spartan debate with us. Why not? That's why we're the pact. But immediately the show, we're going to welcome our first guest. And that, of course, is MSU Field Hockey Junior, Allie Ahern. And we welcome the show, Allie. Allie, welcome to the Pact. Thank you. Hi, good to have you on. Well, nice to be here. Yeah, no problem. So, you know, we welcome Allie to the show. And you're coming off an incredible weekend, Allie. You win the Big Ten Championship at Columbus. How does that feel? It feels great because since I've been here, we haven't won Big Tens, and I'm a junior now, so we've been working so hard for it, and um, it's, I'm still kind of in shock, I can't believe it, um, but we worked so hard for it, so we deserve it. It's unbelievable, you know, you finish off with the 12-9 and season, you win your last four games, you run into the Big Ten Championship, and you take Columbus by storm, and of course, you have an outstanding season, you start all the game, you score 11 goals and 3 assists. What can you say about, essentially, a breakout junior season? Um, well, I really stuck to my goals uh, along the way. I just kind of stayed focused on each game at a time and really tried to contribute to each game because um, we all have the same focus, and that is to win each game. So um, I didn't overthink things, and I really had a successful season that is fortunately still going on so i'm excited for our next game on wednesday that's right and Allie mentioned their game on wednesday two o'clock here at michigan state they play miami ohio a team alley that you lost to earlier in the season so you know you kind of understand miami ohio that game was away now you're at home turf how are you guys approaching that wednesday game um well we know we've grown as grown as a team since that um, game it was away as you said so um Home games are usually a lot more in our favor because of our fans and just playing on our turf. Um, but we know we can beat any team, like we can hang with any team. So we're ready for the challenge, and I think we're excited to win the game on one day. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Allie, this is Harry coming your way. And uh, I just wanted to ask you, I talked to you a little bit about it before when we invited you on the show, but what is it like being one of the mo- the smaller sports, not like basketball or football where you have – 70,000 people lining the seats. How do you guys find the motivation to put in the work day in and day out when nobody's watching in order to achieve the, the success that you guys have achieved? Um, well, you know, it's kind of we're playing for ourselves, our team, and our school because wearing mm-hmm. the green and white is a privilege, and obviously we're not as big as basketball and football, but we have a lot of support from the other athletes, especially football and basketball. Like They cheer us on, and, you know, Winning a Big Ten title, and even though we don't have that many fans, it means so much to us, and it's our goals, and it's something that we'll remember for a lifetime. So we get the motivation from just um, satisfying our own goals. Of course, of course, yeah. That might sound selfish, but I can definitely relate being a tennis player where you do have to find that internal motivation where you don't have the peop- the crazy fans pushing you. 
And uh, also, how do you guys turn around so quickly? You mentioned kind of being a little bit shocked. You guys were the five seed coming to the Big Ten tournaments. Upset OSU the favorite in t- two overtimes. You scored the game-winning goal. Congratulations on that. But how do you guys turn around and prepare for Miami after having the big celebration with the selection show and all that? How do you guys do that? Well, we weren't sure who we were going to play right after our game, so we kind of just soaked up the win. Um, mm. Had a fun bus ride home. Definitely. We were in shock. Everyone was going crazy. Um, enjoyed the selection show last night at Breslin and kind of just took that day as a mental day. And then today's our day off, so it's another mental day off um, yep. physically, too. And tomorrow we're back at it, and we know we have to buckle down and prepare for Wednesday because it's going to be a huge game. But our motto lately has been just, like, taking one game at a time, so we're not even looking at our next game. Um, We're just focusing strictly on Wednesday, and I think we're ready because we're such a team now, and we've come together, and we've started to click. So I think we're ready, and we're we're more excited than nervous. Nice. Yeah, it sounds like you guys got that under control. Yeah. Hey, Allie, Lou coming your way. As Fino mentioned earlier at the top of the show, you guys played Miami of Ohio earlier in the season and didn't win. When you look at the bracket for the NCAA tournament, every team that you did play earlier in the season, you guys weren't able to beat. I know you said you're going to take one game at a time, but is it at all daunting looking at that bracket? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was just sitting looking at the bracket, actually. Um, Yeah, it's a little intimidating, but, you know, we haven't made it to the NCAA tournament yet, so well, my class especially. So it's a privilege to be here. And, yeah, we haven't beaten um, any of the teams in the tournament, but upsets happen all the time in tournament play. So I think we're just excited. We're going to go all out because it's now or never, basically. And um, we have nothing to lose. So I think we're excited and ready to take on the challenge. Hey, Allie, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good, thanks. So both your parents were college athletes. Your dad played football, your mom played basketball, and you obviously had championship written all over you, and you've definitely made a name for yourself. So congratulations on the Big Ten Championship, number one. So, um, And then I know he already kind of touched on it a little bit, but going back before your cha- before the championship game against Ohio, you know, you have that amazing two to one victory over Ohio State, and you scored the game winner that sent you to the championship. Now, was that a motivator or confidence booster going into that championship game? Then, uh, yeah, it was because I scored most of my goals this season in the beginning of the season, so um, I was still contributing throughout all the other games. But getting that overtime goal was so exciting because. We were able to move on to the championship game, but it was also a confidence booster just knowing that I'm back into it um, and I can contribute even more because scoring for the team means so much because I want to help the team as mo- like the most I can. So getting that goal, yeah, definitely boosted my confidence. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Hey, Ellie, this is Austin. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? You know what? I'm doing pretty well. So I did a little bit of research uh, prior to the interview uh, from Buffalo, New York, hometown. So um, it says that you won a state championship as a freshman and a senior when you were in high school. And then now winning the Big Ten championship, how did those two feelings compare to each other, winning two different championships between winning a state championship and now winning a championship while you're in college? Well, that's funny that you asked that because um, for the Big Ten Championship, I roomed with a freshman, and she was asking me, um, she was like, what is this like? Like, is it like states for high school? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, it is because in high school, it means so much to you, too. And going to states, um, just knowing that your season can be done if you lose gives you the motivation to win each game and to keep going. And there's not nationals for high school, so winning the state championship, that was it. But winning Big Tens was an even greater feeling because it's college. But, I mean, um, yeah, I could definitely compare the two um, winning both because it's kind of the same thing in a way because you're working so hard for it. It's the end of the season, and it's basically to go out with a bang. So, yeah. Awesome. So... Looking at the numbers from last year, you were you had five goals and two assists. This year, you you have eleven goals and three assists. Twenty one games played on the season. As Fiona touched earlier, that's a massive improvement. 
how did you step up your productivity from last season to this season? What did you do? Um, I think confidence played a major role in it. Um, it's, part of the game is mental, and it's a big deal for me to just go out every game and think that I'm just as good as any other player on the field if I want to be. And I also, this summer, I was part of the USA Field Hockey Program. I did a lot of training with high-profile field hockey players, so that really improved my game, and I learned a lot from them. And also, my team right now, everyone has improved, so credit to them for making successful passes and us playing well together has been able to make or let me put the ball in the back of the net. So a lot of credit goes to my team right now. So my last question for you, it throws it back a few years. When did you start to play field hockey, and who inspired you to play the sport? I started to play field hockey in seventh grade, um, and my older sister inspired me because she played, and I would always go to her games and watch. And um, my high school coach, Christine Lopaglio, really believes in her field hockey players, and she tries to generate um, amazing players and fulfill their dreams and she was a major role in why I came to Michigan State. She knew the coach and she put in a good work for me and I'm so glad that she was my coach because I love it here and yeah so my sister and my high school coach were the two people to inspire me the most. All right awesome and uh, we're gonna pass you back over to Harry right now. Okay. Yeah uh, Allie so field hockey is an international sport. It's not confined to America like a lot of other college sports where a majority of the players that play in college are from America. You guys actually have a coach that's from Scotland, a couple players from Scotland, and other, other areas around Europe. How is that as a team aspect? Was it a, was it, were there any cultural differences? Was it a learning experience for you, just, let it, just the, uh, adjusting to the other cultures and the various different people that were on the team? Well, they only... Big um, differences are accents, so mm-hmm. getting to understand them, what they're saying, is a big thing. Um, we have a girl from the Netherlands, and she didn't even speak English, so that was fun to watch her like um, learn English. And uh, yeah, it's, um, they have a little bit of different style of play, but it's good mm-hmm. um, to learn from them, so we can implement that into our play and make us a better team. So yeah, but there's not really a big difference. We're all friends. We all mm-hmm. get along. It's, um, the only thing is their style of play is a little different, but it helps for the most part. Well, that's so funny, Allie, because you know Harry did mention the presence of Scotland on the team. One of my friends, actually, Jenny, uh, Jenny, Jenny Smith. Um, you know, she's on the team as well. How is it like playing with Jenny? Because I know she's a lot of fun. How is it playing alongside her? How is she in the locker room? Because, you know, I know she's a blast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, she's funny. Um, As a team in the locker room, I think we do have a good time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But playing with Jenny is great. She is tough, and she's a great competitor. Um, She never gives up, and she is great in practice and conditioning. She's always pushing the team. She's a great leader, and playing with her is amazing. She has the most assists on our team right now, so um, she definitely contributes. But yeah, off the field, she's fun, and on the field, she's a hard worker. Well, outstanding. Well, Allie, we just want to thank you for everyone here on the pack for coming on. We wish you the best of luck at Miami, you know, against Miami, Ohio on Wednesday, two o'clock at Ralph, you know, Ralph Young Field. Allie, congrats on winning the Big Ten once again, and congrats and one good luck. Thank you. Take care, Allie. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, Allie Ahern, um, absolutely outstanding player, really. And she really showed up. You know, this season was a big season for her. You guys mentioned it, and I have to agree with her completely, is the way Allie stepped up her game, I think, is a big reason. You know, you look at their stats, okay? Allie Ahern's got 11 goals. Upon Abby Barker leading the team with 16. Those two girls right there offensively really took Michigan State to the next level. And that's something you really, really can't go without noticing. 12-9, and nine, you know, they don't make it. And it's just unbelievable. So we got to really look at that. But we do have a caller. We have to take it here at the pack. We encourage callers. Know the number, 517-432-3893. It's our friend, and I think I know who's calling. <laughs> You're on the pack. This is Fino. Hey, it's Defeat. What's going on, everyone? Defeat, what's going on, pal? 
Not too much. Just uh, hopped in on the field hockey conversation. That's congrats right. to the field hockey team, though. How outstanding was that? The girls come in twelve and nine. You know, some would say it was an average season, but they get out at the right time and they win. Yeah, I know. And when, and when I sat down with the head coach Helen Knoll early in the season, she said every every year the Big Ten is so competitive, and you never know who's really going to come on top. And when I went to the game against Northwestern, it was senior day. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a big game for all the seniors. On, on the team, and they ended up losing the game. And, you know, yeah. losing and then going into Ohio, I mean Iowa, and then going into the Big Ten tournament, we were talking about the momentum swing and everything. And they really didn't play their game against Northwestern, but then they get the win at Iowa, then they go into the Big Ten tournament. You know, they don't have the highest seed, but then they come up on top. So it, it, it kind of proves what he said the entire season, that you never know what's going to happen. I totally agree with you. I, you know, a billion percent I agree with you, DeFeeves. And here's the thing. DeFeeves mentioned it. Their senior day against Northwestern, they lose 2-1. But off the air, DeFeeves, we were talking about it. We kind of correlated this MSU field hockey run to almost like a Giants. And, you know, the New York Giants run in the playoffs. They just get hot and they win it. Look, we see the same comparison here with field hockey. They win. They lose against Northwestern 2-1. They go to Iowa, their last Big Ten Conference game of the season. They win 4-3. They play Indiana. And then it's history. They win 6-0, 2-1 in double overtime. And then they're 3-2 and they're champions. So it's amazing how you can get hot and you really can understand. It's This is unbelievable. It really is. Jada? Yeah, no, and uh, Ali and also Abby, the, the top two scorers Barker, on the yeah. team. Yeah, they're both juniors, so they can continue this run going into next year. There's some, definitely some good things going to be coming up next year. And for the MSU field hockey team, this is definitely a building step. This is, this is a definitely a step in the right direction, Faith. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, Barker was definitely a key player on the team this year. She started out rough due to a severe turf burn, and so that like she had to stay off the field for about four games. When she came back, she was on fire. And like you said, 18 goals this previous season. So She's really stepping into her game. But the Thieves, so you've been to a couple games, um, field hockey. Yeah. Now, they play a Miami-Ohio squad that they lost to earlier this season at Oxford. Now, they play them Wednesday. It's home turf right here at Michigan State. Two o'clock game on Wednesday if you're interested in checking that out. But what do you think of the yeah. game? A little prediction, to Thieves. What do you got? I honestly, I think it's going to be a tight matchup they yeah. at Miami of Ohio. I mean, but home field is, it, it is, I honestly, is crucial in college sports. And I honestly think it's going to be a tight matchup. It's either going to be a 2-1 or 3-2 game. I see it being just as close as this Big Ten championship game. And if you didn't see the goal, Adele Weaver, <clears> wow. <throat> it was a stretch pass from the far right to the middle. And it's an unbelievable, yeah. One-on-one. A diving shot from about two yards from the goal line. And she put it in. It was, it was fantastic. But, yes, um, if they do beat Miami on Wednesday, they will play the number one seed, Syracuse. Two seed, two so, seed. Two seed, Syracuse. <laughs> so um, I, I look for them to pull out a victory on Wednesday. But from after that, I can't predict anything. Yeah, that's the thing, though. They have a playing game. They're 12-9. and nine. Miami, Ohio, and Michigan State are two teams with the most losses in this tournament. Defeats, thanks for the call. But the thing is about it is you take these two teams, Goodman, and okay, they win. And we spoke to Miss Ahern, and she said, you know what? It is a daunting schedule. It is a daunting bracket. They play a Syracuse team where they got smoked. They lost 4 nothing. They weren't really that competitive in the game. But if they win this game, they play Syracuse. And it's hard not to overlook that good. Absolutely. Catherine Jameson, I think what everybody is kind of looking over right now, she had three goals and one assist. She was a part of all four scoring plays against Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. This girl really is on fire right now. Allie also is super, super pumped. You could tell from the conversation that we had with her. This team hasn't had this burst they're of energy. Ex- they're so excited, and we can't go. We can't have that unnoticed. These girls are so excited. I, you know, the freshmen are asking Allie, Allie, what does this feel like? And deep down, yeah, she can say what it kind of feels like, but she doesn't even know. This is the first time they're in NCAAs as a junior. And, you know, Jaden, you mentioned it. This is a step in the right direction for, mm-hmm. you know, field hockey. You know, Barker's coming back. They bring back Miss Ahern. And then Jenny Smith returns, and she led the team in assists. So not only does field hockey look unbelievable, but they're bringing everyone back. You're going to have a senior class that's locked and loaded. You know what it feels like to win. And when you win, you want to feel that every time. No one likes to lose. And that's something we can't, can't, cannot, cannot overstretch. 
Because Fiumaki, now they understand what it takes to win. Yes, it's the NCAAs. It's going to be very daunting. The schedule is very daunting. Divizio mentioned it earlier in, during the interview. He said, well, you look at that bracket. There's not one team in that bracket that Michigan State beat in the regular season. They lost to Syracuse. They lost to Old Dominion. They lost to Miami, Ohio. It's tough. I'm not even mentioning them all. But it's a very tough schedule. They even lost to Delaware. So it's tough for these girls. These girls, you know, have a lot to play for. But guess what? Wednesday afternoon, a little matinee, 2 o'clock. And I really hope they win because you know what? These girls have shown a lot of respect and a lot of character. So that's something we cannot go unnoticed. But we'll take a quick break here on The Pact. When we come back, we have Mrs. Izzo and the Michigan State basketball discussion. We'll be talking with her and what to expect at a Michigan State in Kentucky. We're live on The Pact. You're listening to Impact Exposure. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights at 10 p.m., get ready for The Mechanical Pulse, where we're spinning all the house, trance, drum and bass, electro, ambient, and remixed music you need to get the weekend started. You'll hear live interviews and DJs spinning straight from the Impact Studios and the best new music on the scene. So tune in every Friday night at 10 p.m. for Mechanical Pulse. Only on 88.9 The Impact. Have you ever considered donating your blood? If not, perhaps you might reconsider. By the time this announcement is through, 15 new people will need blood. In fact, blood is needed by one in every 10 hospital patients, and there is almost always a shortage. There is no substitute for human blood. It cannot be manufactured. It can only come from those willing to donate. To learn more or make an appointment, visit redcrossblood.org. Reconsider blood donation. It's about life. Now back to Impact Exposure. That is right. We're back on the pact. And yeah, Michigan State. What a great interview with Ali Ahern. Um, once again, we wish him the best this Wednesday. But more importantly, we, la- we liaison into our next discussion, and that's Michigan State basketball with a huge game tomorrow versus Kentucky at the United Center in Chicago. Um, it's one versus two. It's a high-octane matchup, Faith. And what are your thoughts on this game so far? I'm excited to see what they have to bring. I honestly do think MSU will give them a run for their money. Even though KU is young, yeah. MSU's going to bring it. Oh, that's great. But we do have our second guest on the line. It's Mrs. Izzo. Let's welcome her to the Pact. You're live on the Pact. This is Fino. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having me today. Oh, no problem. Thanks for joining us, Mrs. Izzo. Welcome. Of course. Let's do it. Yeah, for This is Isa, how are you doing today? Hi, Great. Good. Hey, just I know we got thank you so much, number one, for coming on the show. I know it's a huge game tomorrow, so we just appreciate you coming on and we cannot wait to talk to you. So just a few questions. I know um you're so down to earth and so approachable. Do the guys on the team consider you their like second mom? Well, I think so. I think we've always taken the approach of our program being a family atmosphere. So, you know, but yeah, they do, actually. Oh, I love that. Do you guys ever, like, get together for celebratory dinners after after big wins? Actually, the players are over a lot. They're over about once a week for dinner. And then with, when we have recruiting, they'll always come over for dinner then, too. I love so that. I see them a lot. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Well, Mrs. Izzo, this is Fino, and, you know, thanks for coming on. Um, But, you know, like Faith mentioned, you know, the family atmosphere um, amongst, you know, the players. You know, how is it, you know, having, you know, your husband, Tom, you know, he's on the road in the season. How is it like, how is Tom like during the season? Is Is he riled up at all? I can only imagine with such a big program. But how is he, you know, during the season versus the off season? Well... He's really busy. It's constant recruiting and constant um, being with the players and practice. But there's so much more too. He's 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 a program guy, so he is involved with the other coaches and helping them recruit their players. And um, he does a lot of public speaking. Um, when he's off season, it's still recruiting. He's got basketball camps. 
piece yep. that the um, recruiting money takes off for about the whole month of July. You know, that Stephen gets to go with him, and sometimes Rocky and I stop and visit him at a destination, maybe if, you know, we can make it, if he's there for a long time. Um, but uh, we, to be honest, we only come a week in May and a week in June okay. as far as family time. Other, other than that, it's, he's constantly busy. I think that's probably why he's been so successful is because he always is involved within our community and our university as well as the program. Well, he's an unbelievable man, and there's a reason why that he has such a great stature at Michigan State. And I know so many individuals on this campus look up to him. He's a great man. So, Hello, Mrs. Izzo. This is Austin Goodman coming at you. Hi, Austin. Pleasure to meet you. So I actually did a little bit of uh, in-depth research on the beginning of the relationship of you and Mr. Izzo. So I saw online that your first date ever with Tom Izzo was that he took you to a, well, he invited you to a Michigan State basketball game against Purdue. It was actually a Big Ten championship game. Do you have any recollection of this first date? Could you tell us about it a little bit? <laughs> I do. I remember. Um, I remember meeting Tom at a party, and honestly, I think he was with someone else, and I wasn't interested in him because he was dating someone else. So he called me and kept calling me, and I wasn't really pleased while I told him that I wasn't interested in dating someone who had a girlfriend. So um, he said, oh, she's really not a girlfriend. I said, mm-hmm, all right, well, I don't it's not what my my friends are telling me, so just kind of I was kind of mean to him. <laughs> <laughs> and so one day, uh, my sister-in-law, who works at the basketball program, said something to my mom, and it was then when I was um, started talking to him because my mom told me to be nice to him that she heard he was a person and that he was an upstanding guy and that I should give him a chance. So my mom never really interfered before, asked me at that time. I was I was 35. Uh, I had my own business. I was kind of doing my own thing. So I listened to her, and I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll give him a chance. So that's when he asked me if I would, well, he asked my sister-in-law, and she said, these tickets to this game can't get them in town he said tell her to bring her boyfriend (laughs) 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 well actually i did bring a date but at the time it was my nephew who at the time was about eight years old and so he was my date for the game (laughs) i love it unbelievable and that's when we started seeing each other from then on well, that's that's a definitely an interesting story. Um, <laughs> so my last and final question for you is uh, we all see Mr. Rizzo going on and look, staring up at these players, and he just has so much authority over them. He has so much reign over every single one of his players. Do you think you are the only person that can chop Tom Izzo down to size? I wouldn't put it that way, but I would say that I, because he is such a, a, an authority figure and he's well respected and, you know, he, I think I'm the only one that can tell him the truth and not really set him straight, but at times just say, listen, I'm the only one that's going to tell you the truth and either, you know, whatever the situation is, he, he does listen. So, awesome. I guess if he's the king, if I put him down the size, well, at least I'm going to be honest and he's going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mrs. Izzo, this is Harry coming at you. Hi, Harry. So we're talking a lot about family. And a big story after you guys won that big national championship in 2000 was you guys actually gave your son, Stephen, the middle name Mateen, after Mateen Cleaves, the big point guard, who uh, was a monumental aspect of that championship team. 
So this year's team coming in hyped, ranked number two in the preseason. Let's say hypothetically they win a national championship. Do you guys have any tribute you guys would, would give to this team? Who would I name it after this team? Well, do you guys have any tributes? I feel like you, you might have to follow that up if we win another national championship. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you guys haven't thought <laughs> about that at all? Question. You stumped me on that one. <laughs> yeah. And we actually had a, we actually had a, somebody tweet in at us. And a question from a, from a listener right now is, do you have a special ringtone on your phone for Tom? <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hi, Mrs. Izzo. This is Lou DeVizio Hi. here. Hi. I was just wondering, you said that you have the players over a lot. You named your son's middle name Mateen. What, is there a player who really stands out that you grow, grew close to uh, who was coached under Tom? Uh, actually, I, I'd like to say that all my players are really special because I've gotten to know them all uh, on a really personal basis because there's not that many like there is in football. So I get to know them all. I get to know their families, their grandparents, their siblings. I get to know them all. But if there was one player, I would have to say right now that it would be Edong Ibak. He was a Nigerian player that has... Um, that played under Tom, and he, because Nigeria, his hometown, his home state, his own country, he's not able to come home. He's never, he hasn't seen his mom in 12 years. Wow. So we've basically adopted, um, we call him ID, and he is, I guess, I, I, I've gotten to the point where I say he is really my son. He's lived with us off and on when he was going to Europe. He came back, he um, got a job in Detroit, got a job in Grand Rapids, that's where he is now. He um, take, He's a, going for his master's at Michigan State, so I see him every Thursday night. He comes home, we have dinner, we get to visit, I do his laundry, <laughs> I feed him, <laughs> I send him home with, you know, baked goods. Until I see him again next week, we talk on the phone. So I would think that it's Ivy. He, he's been a, part, a huge part of our lives for 12 years. You mentioned he had a job in Grand Rapids. What's he up to in Grand Rapids? He works for uh, Spectrum. Okay. That's great that you, can, you guys are helping these players transition after <laughs> playing with uh, Tom at MSU. <laughs> now, I know you mentioned Tom's also a big program guy and how MSU is kind of like a family. Who do you know within the MSU athletic organization or outside of the athletic organization, for that matter, who you've really grown close to over the years? Well, you know, the Hollises are really close to friends, and, uh, you know, his wife, Nancy, is a really good friend of mine. As, as so is Dean Ponyos. He's gotten very close to them. It's... It, 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 the head, you know, some of the head coaches and their wives and their assistants where, you know, we're the only ones that know how it feels, you know, to be a position of wins and losses. And kind of, you know, that's kind of how we live our lives. It's sad to say, but that is our jobs and we have to, we have to produce to keep our jobs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, uh, Will Wojak is one of my assistant coaches wives here. Her husband now is in, um, he was in Tulsa. He's now in the College of Charleston. And we're really good friends. Um, I, I know a lot of the head coaches throughout the country from the many years of going and being in Final Fours and coaches meetings and different associations that I am a part of with the Y. So there's really a big fraternity of friends that I've made over the years. That's great. Now, heading in, uh, let's change the topic here now to this year's team. I know there's a lot of expectations following around this team this year, and I'm sure they're pretty tough on Tom right now. Have you noticed any, have they been getting to him? Is the pressure uh, on Tom, or is he keep an even keel. You know what? No. Um, 
you know, there is nothing or nobody that puts pressure on Tom as much as he puts on himself. So to me, it's like normal. This is the way his he, he um, runs the program, the run the way he runs his life, the one the way he has the relationships with the people around him, with his coaches and his players. He just has a winning kind of um, personality, and I don't see any different from a time where we maybe lost early in the tournament when we've gone really far into the tournament. He's just constantly a, you know, a really hardworking guy. And you can totally see that over all the success he's had in his career. And going into such a big game like tomorrow, do you guys, like, what is the feeling at the Izzo household? Are there any specific routines you guys go through before game? Um, what did you ask me, Faith? Going into such a big game, what is it like in the Izzo household? Are there any specific routines you guys have before game time? Well, there's not really routine. We're just really anxious for the game. We're, we're excited about it. We tone them down. And we go, oh, my God, you know, like Kentucky. Oh, my God, we're playing Kentucky. <laughs> you know, um, you know, after he beat us in recruiting, you know, this year, it's just, you know, something that we want so bad. Of course. So I, I'm actually going to go to the game. I'm going tomorrow. I'm hopefully take my son Steven with me because we'll just going there and back that it's that special to us we want to be there absolutely and we wish you the best of luck Thank you. Well, Mrs. Izzo, um, we really appreciated your time here on The Pack. We would love you to come back and even uh, come on the show again or even uh, check out our studio uh, in Holden Hall. But, um, I, love, I love that. Thank uh, you. Oh, of Invite course. Me anytime. Well, we love the stories you shared with us and your listeners. They all appreciate it. We wish um, you and Tom and, of course, Michigan State the best of luck this season. And, of course, go green uh, tomorrow night against Kentucky. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Izzo. Take care. Okay. Bye now. Bye. What an unbelievable woman that we just, you know, all just got to witness and listen to. And she's just simply class. And I think that just speaks in volumes about what Tom Izzo is as a person, what he is as a father, what he is as a coach, what he is as a mentor. I think it's all the above. And Tom Izzo bleeds the ingredients and knows the recipe. To have nothing but legendary status at Michigan State. And there's one quote we'll leave you with before we go to break. It's really one thing I remember when Dan Gilbert, a Michigan State grad, wanted him to coach the Cavs. And he offered Tom more money than ever Michigan State would give him. And he said as much as the offer was extremely lucrative, he said he's a Michigan Stater for life. And that's one thing that you take in. And you say he's a Michigan Stater for life. That makes all of us Michigan Staters. And it's people like Tom Izzo that really give the pride of what this university bleeds for and what it stands for. You know, Spartans will, and that's what Tom is. No one puts more pressure on himself than Tom Izzo. And he understands the expectations. He understands his team's second in the nation. He understands his absolute cool recruiting class. So we'll be at that. We'll take a quick break on the Pact. Tom, Mrs. Izzo, thank you for coming on. We're live on the Pact here on 88.9 FM. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Just received word of an invasion. Speak quickly, maggot. Is it those Canadians again? I don't know, sir. We've just heard that Monday at 8 p.m. the impact will be invaded. You stupid ninny. That's the Asian invasion. It's the poppiest, catchiest, and all-around toe-tapping his music out of the Korea, Japan, and China. But, sir, I'm no good with Asian dialects. Shut up and listen to the music, private. That catchy beat knows no language barrier. Now move out, everyone. Sir, yes, sir. The Asian invasion. Monday nights from 8 till 10. On 89 The impact. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Prime where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Thursday nights from 10 until 2 a.m. Listen to the Hours of Power, the scariest and only metal show in the mid-Michigan area. Only on Impact Primetime. Now back to Impact Exposure. We are back on the packs. It's Fino along with his great panelists here at 88.9 FM. That's right, it's the pact. 
Number to call in, as always, 517-432-3893 is our number. We've had David the Fever call in. There's a little shout-out on air for you, pal. Um, and we've had two great guests, guys. Allie Ahern, you know, celebrating Michigan State field hockey win. Congrats to you ladies. And, of course, Mrs. Izzo. And Faith said it off the air, and I have to share it with the listeners. Is She said, Fino Watch, she's so soft-spoken and so humble and just such a great woman. I'm not saying I didn't believe her. I just kind of had to see it or hear it mostly to believe it. And Faith, she was class. So she's most wonderful woman. Yeah, she was absolutely outstanding. And she shared some great stories with us. Really. Um, and that kind of liaise us on into our next discussion. Well, not really next discussion, more like still Michigan State basketball, but it's this game. We kind of spoke about it before Mrs. Izzo called in as we waited for a call, but it's this game. You know, Faith asks, I wonder if Mrs. Izzo is going to go to the game. We did know now that she shared with us that her and Steven are going to go to the game. So that's great. They're going to be there for time, and most importantly, they're going to be there for the Spartans. It's a neutral core game at the UC, the United Center in Chicago. And I always viewed Illinois and Chicago as kind of a little hub or a pipeline for Michigan State. Now, Kentucky fans travel well, so I can only imagine that the Kentucky fans know this is a massive game. They are one of the nation. They know that. And Coach Cal, oh, Coach Cal. And that brings us into what Coach Cal said, which personally caught my eyes, guys. Or caught my eyes and ears and even my mouth because I was screaming when I heard the comments. And he said it wasn't really a fair matchup. Against his 18 and 19 year old freshman, against Tom Izzo's upperclassmen, his 21 and 22 and 20 year olds. And you know what? I got a problem with those comments. I think that's a ludicrous comment. I think it's absolutely ludicrous, Ludovizio, because it's so ludicrous. It's you're the one that wanted to run the program like that. You're the one that wanted to run in dumbs, the Jeff Teagues, the Anthony Davises. You know, I can go on and on, okay? But here's a guy at Memphis did the same he did the same cabbage. He did the same cabbage when he did that with Derrick Rose, which lost me a lot of moolah when I did that pool in Kansas. Rock Chalk came in and won. But you know what? He runs this cabbage system where he, it's a kind of fluky guys. It's a one and done. I don't know, I don't like it. But Tom Izzo runs a program. And that's the way you win championships. But then again, John Cloud Park can come back and say, Well, we've won the same amount of championships you won. So interesting. It's absolutely true, but I, I don't really have too much wrong with his comments. I mean, they were obviously, they were ridiculous. They were ridiculous. It was a tactical move by Calipari. Okay. He's just trying to get, he's trying to take the pressure off of his squad and throw it onto MSU. He's trying to control the expectations of a team that comes in ranked number one, Mm -hmm. and it's all young guys, and he wants to take the pressure off those young guys and put it on. So you're mentioning deflecting the pressure. Do you think it's a kind of, you said it was tactical, but John Calipari isn't stupid. No, he's not. Do you think it was kind kind of a dig at Tom or Coach Izzo to really kind of get under the skin? A little bit, and you know what? Let's let's rattle those guys. I don't think it's a dig at Tom. I think he knows. He's known Tom for a long time, and I think yeah, they're friends, that's not but not affect him. Yeah, I think it's more for his young guys to take the pressure off of them. It's tough. I mean, you're asking these big time freshmen. You know, the number one recruiting class, as per huge, going up against an Adrian Payne, you know, Brandon Dawson, and Keith Appling, a very veteran team. Fate. This team is veteran. Michigan State is veteran. They know what it takes to win. But that's the thing with Kentucky. If I feel like there's more pressure on Coach Cal because he has to mature these players at a much quicker rate. And Tom Izzo's gotten the experience. Yeah, it's MSU's experience will help defeat a younger number one Kentucky team. That's it. I mean, they're all young, but the Spartans are overachieving. They've got great team chemistry, excellent talent, and credit to the coaching staff. They work well together. You know, you combine their talent with experience, and that's what breeds their success. Yeah, absolutely. And when, of course, the lines are going crazy. I know I'm saying, of course, Faith, sorry. But, <laughs> you know, the lines, the lines call in 517-432-3893. We do have a caller, though. So let's take this caller first. You're live on the Pact. This is Fino. What's up? Hello? Hello? Hey, hey, you're live in the pack. This is Fino. Oh, perfect, perfect. Um, wh- what I'd like to say about the Lions is that this Lions team has potential to make the Super Bowl. And it sounds crazy, but it, with the way that our defense is playing, we can stop anybody. Even on display on Sunday, with the way we stopped the Bears' offense with Brandon Marshall, Matt Forte, and Alshon Jeffrey, those guys mm-hmm. are no screw-ups. And we played well, and since it was a road win, I think that we can make a run. And uh, that's what I would like to say. Yeah, well, well, yeah, so much. Thanks for the call. And here's the thing I'll say about the Lions before we go back into our Michigan State basketball discussion. The Lions are in a good position, okay? NFC North, they're leading it. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Lions later in the show, but I want to answer Mike's question is, 
Look, the Lions took down a Bears team, which is very impressive. In Chicago, it was like Faith mentioned it off air. It's like the first time they won in Chicago in a couple of years. That's a feat itself. Absolutely. But I'll say this. The Lions swept the Bears this season. That's huge. They got six wins now. How many wins can the Lions win? I say, how many how many games can they win? How many <laughs> wins can they win? How, I mean, cabbage. But here's my thing. is I'll say this. Brandon Marshall isn't the Lions' little brother. Okay, Brandon Marshall is an elite receiver. Okay, he put up stats. Okay, you can't ask for him. He's a receiver. He's not the quarterback. And I'm kind of sick of the you know the Lions fans taking digs at Jay Cutler. The guy's tough as nails. He's tough as nails, and I can't stand the digs that we're getting at Jay Cutler. He's tough. The guy's playing the game with a broken hand. It's unbelievable. See, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. He's tough as nails. I don't think so. Uh, he, we take him out pretty much every year. Every but, he still, sing- but he still plays. Okay, but we still tear him apart. Uh, the Detroit Lions have not had this type of defense. For a very, very long time. We haven't been at the top of the NFC Central okay. since 1991. Okay. So let's keep all this in play. We took down Jay Cutler. We take him down year after year. Maybe not every single time. Mm. But most of the time we get to the head of Jay Cutler. I'll say this, though. I'm not r- ragging on the durability of Jay Cutler. He's not durable. I'm not saying that. But durability and toughness yeah. is two different things. I agree. He was playing with a golf ball on his offense. Yeah, it was so disgusting. That thing was disgusting. It was disgusting. And last year they were they were on their, on their way to have a great season, probably win the NFC North, but, North, but then Jay Cutler got injured when yeah. he tried to tackle that defender after he threw that interception. Which is so ridiculous. Kinda, yeah, they kind of threw off their season when he did that. But I think Jay Cutler is a tough player. He's tough. He does get injured a lot, and he also pouts on the sideline, which is a problem if you're the leader of the team. But I think he is a good quarterback. I think he is a top tier, not an elite, but top half of the NFL in quarterback. Is quarterbacks good? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you can't go on no. Yeah, I'll go finish. I mean, that's the classic line, though. But then Jay Cutler got injured. It but, happens. But he's still, very, very but he's still tough because he pl- he's playing those games. I'm not saying yeah. he's durable. I never came on say Jay Cutler is a durable quarterback. I never said that. I said he's tough. He should not have been in that game. He's not ready to be in that game. He plays in that game because he understands the circumstance. And goes on the first drive of the game and scores a touchdown. But do you think he was hurting or helping the Bears? Uh, I think he was helping the Bears. He threw three straight passes to Brandon Marshall. And as the game got on, he got more hurt. And they have McCown as their backup. He's not very. He's, he's not, not good take anywhere. He's not. He was on the Lions a couple years back. He's not that good. Was when we had our own 16 season, so McCown's not going to take your team anywhere. That's, and I think Jay Culler understands the situation here. He understands that look. The Bears aren't going to go far in the season. They're not going to win a lot of games. They're not going to go far in the playoffs if they get there with Luke McCown as their quarterback. Or jo- Josh McCown. I love it was Luke. It, it, it is one Luke. of those yeah, one, way, Whatever. They're both bad. Anywhere. It yeah. doesn't matter. Luke, Josh, Harold. They're both <laughs> bad. Okay. The point I'm trying to make here is durability and toughness are two different things. They're two different things. I think Jay Cutler is tough. He's not durable. Okay. There's a durability thing with Matt Stafford with his shoulder. Yeah. Is, Matt Sta- is Matt Stafford a tough quarterback? Absolutely. He won- he, won a- he had a game-winning drive a couple seasons back, was it two seasons, with like a dislocated shoulder. I think what everybody forgets is Matthew Stafford is a smart quarterback. He's smart. He makes smart decisions. I'd actually disagree. He's among the lead leaders in interceptions every year. He does. He he kind of has that Brett Favre gunslinger aspect to him. Where he, wrong throws, with that. he throws into triple coverage with Calvin Johnson, but every once in a while that will come back and haunt him. But a majority of the times, Calvin will go up and get that ball, but sometimes those are bad decisions. There's nothing wrong with being a gunslinger because guess what? At the end of the day, what is Brett Favre's legacy like? He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and he won a Super Bowl. Matt yeah. Stafford does not want to. Super Bowl yet. He's not one of the greatest quarterbacks yet, but he is elite. This is the guy that throws 5,000 yards a season. Okay? So he's getting there. There's nothing wrong with being a gunslinger. I mean, he has almost 3,000 yards in this season, 19 TDs, and 7 interceptions. I mean, those are pretty good numbers. Okay, so we'll we'll drop the lines right now, because I really want to go back into Michigan State basketball. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we're going to throw in a faith. We're coming back to Michigan State basketball. Um, Good for lines, but yeah. Yeah, great. Alright, there's nothing wrong with the NFC North. They're leading it. We'll bring back in a second, but this game tomorrow, it's, you know, whoo, Champions Classic. In Chicago, we know now Mrs. Izzo and her son Steven are going to the game, so a little moral support for Tom. Um, what do you expect out of this team, Faith, tomorrow? There's a lot to expect. Yeah, right? Actually. See, how high are the expectations? The expectations are high. I think, but if you look at our players, I think we're so ready. You see the exp- exhibition games that we played. They're overachieving. Mm-hmm. And so in the back row, we have Gary Harris and Keith Appling. Mm-hmm. And together they have more than 26 points per game, and that was last season. Yeah. 
And when you throw Denzel Valentine in there, they just wreck havoc in the backcourt. They're a great team. They're deep. You didn't even mention Brendan Dawson. You no, even, you know. that's that's exactly it, though. Let's talk about their, you know, what about their backcourt? I mean, that's Adrian Payne, Brandon Dawson. They can dominate in the paint. Backcourt, frontcourt. It's deep. Divisio. A deep backcourt, a deep frontcourt. But I'm going to ask you this question. What is Michigan State's strength? Is it their backcourt? Is it their frontcourt? I think it's their guards. I, I okay. think when you look at Appling and Harris, it's... I mean, no one can. I don't think anyone can match that. Mainly Gary Harris, but I think the X factor for this year is going to be Brandon Dawson. He was kind of bothered yeah. by injury last year, kind of played inconsistent, and I think if he can really stay healthy and and give us what he needs to give, uh, this is going to be a great season. I'll say this about Michigan State: there's two players for me that are going to dictate the seed, and obviously you're going to have to have your role players in between these guys. Okay, they're the ice cream. These guys are like the cherries. Okay, you have Adrian Payne. And Gary Harris. Those are two people, backcourt, frontcourt, one dominant player in each side of the court. Or not side, but you know what I'm saying. Those are two guys that are going to dictate how good you are. If Adrian Payne doesn't give you a double-double, what is Michigan State's defensive MO? We know it. Rebounding. Okay, they out-rebound everyone. So if they can out-rebound people, they're going to win the game. Period. But And now you flourish in this, Faith mentioned it, this backcourt play, which is phenomenal with Gary, with Keith. You know, And we didn't even mention it. What about Trice? What about Trice? We didn't even talk about it. Pretty and good. Also, also, we haven't even mentioned Denzel. I think Denzel was a... He's like a was, small forward, was, though. I think, he was, I think he's a key component to, to this team. He was, yeah. he was great last year. He was a great kind of glue guy. He did the little he's things. He's glue. He's glue. He turned over a little bit, but you expect that out of a freshman. So yeah. hopefully he's grown over the past year practicing with guys like Gary Harris, learning from Keith Appling. Yeah. And hopefully he's improved his decision-making so he can make that next step. Absolutely. And here's the thing about Denzel Valentine is when he came in last year... He came in as a secondary recruit. Not that he was disregarded as a recruit, but who was the guy that everyone was talking about? It was Gary Harris. Denzel got no love. And I think deep down, Denzel knows that. And Denzel's fired up. Gary comes back, he's coming back. There's a lot to expect. And that's a, that's a typical MO of a Michigan State player. We aren't the highest recruited players. Yeah. We aren't the Kentucky's five stars. But, we but Gary Harris is a, is a top recruit, yeah, though. Yeah, he's yeah. five stars. Yeah. Denzel's going to put his nose to the grindstone, and he's going to do a great job this year, I think. Yeah, what Tom Izzo does is he looks not for the best players, but the right players. Yeah. And that's what makes a great coach great. All right? Tom Izzo doesn't get scared. He doesn't get intimidated. He doesn't freak out. And that then transpires to the rest of his players, the people that play under him, the people that are looking to this higher person, looking to him and being like, well, he's not worried. Why should I be worried? It doesn't matter if they have a number one in front of the name Kentucky. I think we cannot beat them. I think we cannot rebound them. And I think that we are going to put up more three-pointers than we've seen in a long time between Adrian Payne and Gary Harris. That's the thing about you mentioned. We talk about a a front court that can shoot the deep three, okay? Adrian Payne is a true... I think he's a four, but they're going to play him at five because they just don't really have anyone. Okay, you play Adrian Payne as your four, your power four. This is a guy that can shoot threes. Stretch the floor. Yeah, he stretches the floor unbelievably. And forget that him in transition is very special. It's deep. It's it's just fun to watch. And between him and Dawson, they're very athletic guys amongst, you know, around the rim. But my take is this, Okay. If Michigan State out, forget the ranking. It's preseason. These rankings in front of that, your team name, when you look on ESPN or you look on ESPN.com, that ranking before, it's irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. It's a fresh season. I expect a big game out of Michigan State. I actually, I do expect a big game, but I don't think we're going to win this game, and I like that. I kind of want them to win, the, lose this game. I mean, whoa! This is the opposite of the football Curveball. team. The football team, the football team had kind of an easy schedule in the beginning of the season, and it allowed them to get their identity. I think this basketball team is more of a veteran squad. They know their identity. They kind of need to get punched in the mouth just to know where they are, but, and they need to bounce back after that. I think that would make them win the game, though. I mean, a veteran squad going out there, they've been playing with each other for, mm-hmm. you know, a year, two years. These guys know. Gary Harris was the perfect addition last season. He and was. Gary is getting better and better every single time he's But here's the thing the with court. Michigan State. In the beginning of the season, they always look really soft, guys. Exactly. They look exactly. soft. They lost to UConn last year. They had nothing to play for. In Germany, Michigan State, an absolutely more talented team than UConn, with a new coach. Jim Calhoun retires. They're littered with sanctions. They can't do anything. They can't go to the Big East tournament. They can't go to the NCAAs, and they lose. And they didn't look good in the game. But here's another thing. Do I think Michigan State will win the game? Yes. I do think they'll win the game, but Harry brings a good possibility. Do I honestly think they could easily lose the game? Yeah. 
I really think so. Their schedule is littered with difficult teams. Mm-hmm. Kentucky, okay, big, you know, Big Ten ACC Challenge, home to UNC. That's number 12 in the nation. You know, they have that series with Texas in December. So right before, you know, the new year, you're playing a Texas team that isn't bad, a UNC team that isn't bad, who's good, they're 12, and Kentucky. These are elite squads. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I'm not really stressing about this particular game. Because I know Tom Izzo is in, a, in his heart of hearts. He's thinking down the road. He's thinking March. That's why he has this anytime, anywhere mentality. So he plays these teams, and he might not end the season where he started at number two. But comes March, his team's going to be tough. They're going to know how these teams play. They're going to have competed against the best, so they know that level they need to get to in order to win in the tournament. I honestly think it comes down to the quick transitions between defense and offense. We are faster. We really, really are. We have very athletic players on top of how good they are at basketball. We do have so let's keep that in mind. We do have athletic players, but Kentucky has a huge size advantage. They have a couple seven footers, six nine player. Keith Appling is six one, and he is expected to guard Aaron Harrison, who is six six. Yeah, that's a and, mismatch. And also, I mean, is, yeah, maybe the guy has thirty pounds on him as well. So five inches and thirty pounds. That's going to be tough for Keith Appling. Can I mean, he it, do it's, it? It's not. No, no, no. Of He's from the Dirty D. He can do it. He can, shout out to the Doughboy. Shout out to Detroit Pershing. He's wow, a tough kid. Good shout out. Yes, I watched Keith Appling in high school. That guy is a monster. He's oh, a he's tough great. Kid. But this is the guy, it's a 6'6", six, six. he's elite. This is an elite player, and that, mm-hmm. that is a mismatch. You don't think Coach Cal knows that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but don't you think Coach Tom Izzo knows that? Of course that. That's why they're going to work around that matchup. They're exactly. not stupid. They're going to give the ball to Gary. They're going to work it because, they guess what? Kentucky's backcourt is good, as we just mentioned, but their frontcourt cannot compete with Michigan State's. No way, Lou. No way, Cabbage. I think this game, especially with the preseason rankings, preseason rankings, they're all mental, and that's yeah, all nothing. it is. And that's what Calipari's comments were, and that's what this game's going to be, really. I don't think the outcome is going to really affect either team's season. Harry said it. They might need to get punched in the mouth. I think that might be true. But I, I really think that it's going to be a mental game. It's about the process at this point in the season, and it's about effort, and I think MSU's going to show that. And no matter what happens, they're going to grow from this game. I agree. It's an early season, so we can put that. But, you know, it's not a packed show without mentioning MSU football. Massive game against Nebraska. We're kind of short for time, so we apologize, listeners. But they play Nebraska at Nebraska at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, a place where they've never won, a team which they've never beaten in the history of their program. Now, my question for my panelists are this. Does Michigan State win the game? What do you expect out of Michigan State? Keep it kind of brief, but what's your what, kind of stars of the game, Jaden? I think Michigan State is going to lose this game. Wow, okay. Score? Memorial Stadium is going to be a tough place to play. I'm not 100% faithful in Connor Cook. I don't believe that he can do it on the road in such a hostile environment. But the defense does come to play, as always. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be around... Low let's, scoring? Let's go with 13-10. I think it's low scoring. A lot, of, sure. field goals, a lot yeah, of field goals. A lot of field goals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Michigan State's defense, like we've said on the pack multiple times, phenomenal defense, one of the best in the nation. Connor Cook, as I have personally said before... He can't throw the ball out there. I'm sorry. Not against Nebraska's defense. I think that this game is going to end at a 17-10 to 10 Nebraska victory. Nebraska? Hey. I think it, it's an MSU's improving and evolving offense against improving and evolving defense for Nebraska. So we win this game. We've solidified ourselves in the Big Ten Championship. But I think it's going to be close. Very close. Close game. All right. So score? 21-24. Okay. Lou? I'm going to go 21-14 MSU. All right, well, you know, 21-14. I'm also, unlike these clowns on my left side, um, I'm picking Michigan State to win the game. Okay, I'm picking Michigan State to win the game because, you know what, I think they understand this is special this year. They understand the admirations of potential Rose Bowl. I do think they get back to Indianapolis. I have Michigan State winning the game. 27-20 in Lincoln. They grabbed their first victory, and Michigan State is 9-1 and 6-0 and in the Big Ten. They got two games left on that schedule, and we can't forget it. Also, remember on the Pact, we're always live here every Monday, 7-8. Fino alongside Harry, Austin, Faith, Thanks. and Lou DiVizio. You're listening live always. You can catch us here all the time in Holden Hall. Come by and visit. Shark doesn't bite. Oh, WDBM East Lansing. I'm your host, Fino. We'll see you later next Monday at 7.